Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by our other co-host, John Kirby. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at Believe Network. Today is well, Thursday, November 9th. And guys, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. And unfortunately for this fan base, college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online website today. And remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit today. Like I said, is November 9th. And John, I don't think there was a single fun minute of this basketball season. I'm ready to say that right now. I'm mad online. Extremely. I'm not happy with our child. Our child. Oh, man. This kid. This kid. He continues to push our buttons. No, um, I'm pretty mad, man. And you know what? Of course, we're talking about the 78 to 75 overtime home loss to James Madison, yeah. the basketball team, not the guy. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm going to say some stuff that I, I don't usually do, and and I don't love it. I actually hate it. But it's time to call some things out. I do not love when Tom takes to the post game and and says what happened, but doesn't take the same account of accountability. And when I say that, I mean we everyone who watched may have seen that the five upperclassmen starters came out flat just like against Tennessee. They had a chance to start the second half, came out flat, and then got to overtime, and they all got the shot again. And I don't want to ruin this for you, but they came out flat. And at a certain point, that's a coaching thing. And I'm not better than Tom. Tom is the best coach we have and ever will have. I just don't know if it's fair to have seen what we've seen from that group of players for however many seasons now, then see it against Tennessee and then see it the next time and say, God damn it, if that we're not just going to make this work. And it didn't. And until further notice, it's not gonna. So I know it was the first real game. It's the second game total that we've seen it happen this season after two seasons of it where that group of individuals won two games in the NCAA tournament last year. And those two games may have been doing more heavy lifting than we remembered from the 20, was it the 19 and 13, 19 and 12 regular season last year and similar regular season the year before. So with that, that's a lot of finger pointing. It's a lot of who's messing up. I'm curious what you think, Austin. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Just continuing to do the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's what this felt like to me. I mean, it's you come into this season all excited for all the reasons we talked about in the preview, all of them extremely justifiable. But then this game is just the rudest reminder that, oh, it's the same group of guys that did the same thing over and over and over. And it appears like they've learned pretty much nothing. I mean, like you said, clearly been reading their own clippings. Um, I think the thing that you just get this really unfortunate sense of entitlement and a sense of like, you know, it's all we're going to figure it out and we don't have to actually press the gas against what's going to be a tournament team. A team they acknowledged, at least in the press, like, you know, these guys are good. They're well coached. They're seniors. They're transfers, all that stuff. You say it all, and then your actions are just completely different. I think it's fair to do two things. To one, separate, like, the frustration with the, the players from the frustration with the performance. Because we will look back at this game as a statistical phenomenon and just massive outlier from the rest of the season. I refuse to believe until further notice that Michigan State's going to go one of 20 from three-point range again, um, that they're going to shoot 36% from the field, uh, that they're going to get out-rebounded by six at home by a team that's half their height. Uh, Somehow James Madison committed 32 fouls and uh, it took to overtime for two players to foul out. I mean, it's just like a, a series of statistical anomalies that are just insane. Um, so there is that. There is like, again, it's the thinnest of silver linings to say, A, MSU's not going to play. They, statistically, like they just won't play this bad again. Millie Call, Maddie Sissoko, Jaden Akins, and A.J. Hogard each made two shots total. The entire starting five combined to go 0 of 17 from three. And it's just, yeah, a pretty pathetic performance all the way around. Just call it what it is. I think my issue with Izzo is different than yours. It is so painfully obvious to everybody that's watching this game that Malik Hall should not be on the floor. I mean, again, finger pointing, it's not pretty. It's not even for because he just appears to be like I've never seen a player look more lost in the game. Like he just every single thing that could have gone wrong for him, his fault or not, appeared to go wrong. He went two of 12 from the field, four of the worst looking three point misses you'll ever see. And then in over, it couldn't guard anybody. I mean, and I, I think my issue here is that Tom Mizzo put him in a terrible position. He played all of overtime. After, I mean, people have to remember, he's coming off of like two somewhat significant surgeries in the Mm -hmm. last year. And for some reason, he is out there playing all of overtime, playing down the stretch in crunch time when he's clearly just, he's getting left wide open for shots by, they're daring him to shoot. And he's, for some reason, as a fifth or sixth year guy, whatever it is now, he's obliging. That's a whole different problem. And I put that on Izzo. I don't really put this loss on Izzo. I put that specific decision, which was one of many factors that led to this loss on Izzo. I think the, I mean, the, 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 That's the same issue I have. Yeah. That's the exact same one. 
we have we share it. It's yeah. that there are some painfully obvious things. You know what I love about Tom is he goes for his guys. He goes in for his guys. He stands up for his guys. Sometimes to a fault in this situation, it's maybe okay that you lose this game. You can learn from it. You can use so much of it. Tom probably actually loved it. You know, like, of course, but absolutely, but, but, but it's avoidable. And while lessons can be learned in losses a lot more um, easily than in wins, sometimes it's okay. Winning is also good. And I think that I know the thing is this loss again, it's like Izzo made some bad decisions, but it's also, I can't blame him for thinking like, Oh my starting five that has like 20 combined years of starters experience are going to figure this shit out. Like I can't blame him for riding for his guys in that way. And also it's early season. You're playing your first game against James Madison at home. Like you should be able to tinker and, and do weird stuff. This loss is on the players, though, to be very clear, like just a complete and total dud. And I think the most damning part of the whole thing, and the part that makes me really have to reevaluate the entire season is how they handled, like you said, getting up by four points a couple times in this game. They fought all the way back. They looked like garbage in the beginning of the game. We're down 12 points, like not that far into the game. We're totally out of sorts. Still just powered their way back in. Cohen Carr, Stud. Tell me to tell me he shouldn't be starting. Like I know there's limitations from a shooting perspective, but when he was on the floor versus not on the floor, markedly different team. Uh, so he he was the lone probably bright spot aside from Tyson Walker. But they got up by four and then just couldn't. It's not like they were just missing wide open threes, which they were, but missing rebounds, knocking the ball out of bounds, missing layups, missing dunks, stupid turnovers, just like doing every single thing they could to to screw up and and blow it and the thing i think that really stuck with me that unfortunately encapsulates kind of a player and kind of a team attitude that we've seen over the last three or four years was aj hogard with his like admittedly awesome little no look uh fast break pass to tyson walker to put michigan state up for Mm -hmm. he was acting like he just I don't know, like he was hot sauce from the N one mixtape tour to date myself. And like, like he just won the NCAA title and like, yeah, celebrate. Great. You're up four points on James Madison in the second half, dude, you're number four in the country. Like that's where I just, I don't know. He hasn't been there, but you you talk about a guy that acts like you've been there. He hasn't. I know we see it. We know AJ, you haven't been there. That's what, that's actually the problem. Right. Sorry, interrupt. No, I mean you're you're absolutely right, and I think just to like wrap it up, you know, if you put a silver lining on it, like I said, a they they won't play this bad again. It, it just it won't happen. That doesn't mean they're not going to lose again because they will absolutely lose again, especially if they put up anything resembling this game. But like statistically, this is the bottom. I have a thought on that after you wrap. Okay. Well, the other part is that if you're gonna screw up like this. There's literally no better time to do it than the first game. I mean, talk about a wake-up call. Talk about a, a bucket of cold water getting dumped on your season. I mean, this is adversity. You now are 0-1. You're going to be a double-digit ranked team now. Your, your shot at a one seed's not gone, but good luck getting there if you lose two or three games. And your schedule, by the way, is very difficult. So it was already going to be a stretch. So you've already had a major misstep right off the bat. 
good news is that you have a great head coach, but like, I don't know how much Izzo can do. Like they have to, these seniors, which are part of the reason why we were so excited and bullish on this team have to like act like it. And like you said, they haven't been there, but they're going to have to learn how to act like they have, or they're going to be more dumb stuff. Like we've seen the last few years happening time and time again. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Not you're, I think you're right. And I think we won't see, I would hope not statistically the same situation again. I would encourage if any of you true sickos go back and decide to rewatch this game. <laughs> the mistakes you can tell happened when they ha- were thinking about it. When they were thinking about, man, wouldn't it be bad if this didn't go right? Those yep. were the free throws that were missed. Those were the dagger shots that were missed wide open with a, with a second to think about it. Every time there was a moment to consider the situation, they wilted. Each one of them, including Tyson Walker, by the way, including him, who had a great game. But guess what? This team, this program, this group of individuals is now, I believe, 0-3 when Tyson Walker goes for 26-plus points. So if you think that you're going to start winning those ISO hero ball games all of a sudden— I I hope I can see a different path toward it because you're going to need a new defensive lineup out there with him or you're going to um, have to figure out a different defensive scheme because the one that's happening ain't working. It loses every time. So I, I hear you about the statistical thing probably won't happen again. I think the mental mistakes or the mental crumbling continues to happen until further notice. And until someone, one of them can break it and one of those upperclassmen can be the one that's like doesn't let the moment affect them anymore or maybe rises to that moment and finishes the game, not just rises to the moment, but finishes it off, then I don't see this team doing much. Uh, and even with the, in, the freshmen, where the freshmen are just going to start taking minutes and that needs to happen sooner than later. That's two things. Like that's one thing, two, two quick things on that. One is I think that's the, the part you hit on about the clutch time and the performing in, on a, in big moments on a big stage. We, we saw them do it in March and yes, they lost to Kansas state, but they battled and battled and battled. And your point's very valid, valid there though. They didn't win. But they they did it against Marquette. They did it against USC. They they won some big games down the stretch, and I think that's what we were all really hoping would roll over was that like okay we got a taste of it. We know what it takes. Now let's go execute like the great team that we are capable of being. And instead, just just complete and total re- revert to the mean uh, behavior from this this team that's now so seasoned. The freshman note I think is especially important, and this is where you have to hope that Izzo is truly a man of his word. Because he came out and he said, you said, I'll just play the freshman. Uh, you got to do it. Then do it, dude. You, you have to do it. Like, this is where it's on Izzo one game into the season to actually, like, live up to it. Put some pressure on these dudes to actually perform. I mean, Cohen Carr got plenty of time. I, I am shocked by how capable he is right off the bat. 28 minutes in this game again. Like, total yep. spark plug needs to play. Carson Cooper... Uh, again, I thought was rock solid, played seven minutes, 17 minutes, didn't touch the ball a lot, though. Um, the one that jumps out at me is Xavier Booker. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah. again, this is I, the fact that you ran Malik Hall out there for 24 minutes looking 
like a shell of the former player that he was once upon a time. And, and Sissoko, who did Sissoko, who still has not figured out how to use his body efficiently. Yeah, I, I just that starting front court needs to have the pressure put on it because these if you're going to perform like this, it's just not you're not going to win anything, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. So I hope that Izzo is a man of his word and he which historically he has been and he lets these guys eat into minutes. I don't care who they are at the top of the lineup. If they're not performing, this team wants to win. You've got the depth to do it. you got to take advantage of it. Can I make one quick um, comparison, and it might be a nice transition? Sure. You know who's not afraid to do that and has done it on the big stage is another GOAT, Nick Saban. Uh-huh. Dead to his quarterback in the national championship game, which was <laughs> – we agree, maybe the coolest moment in sports history. Insane. But also is did it is doing it right now this year. He benched his starting quarterback. They kept winning. And he earned his way back. And guess what? We'll talk about it later. Bam is on the <laughs> inside track for the playoff again. You know? Like, so I'm just saying, like, this is not unprecedented. You can bench your, you know, upperclassmen and they can come back and surprise you. That's allowed too. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just hope that Izzo sends a message, and I, I think he needs to. It's and you got to do it now because again, this season as we look at the games that are coming up. I mean, you got Duke next week. There's not, it's not getting easier. There's plenty of non-conference games. The Big Ten's going to be a meat grinder again, and you got to get this thing in gear quickly. Well, um, it woke us up, and it woke everyone up. I think uh, you mentioned the Duke games coming up next Tuesday. Uh, but if you're listening to this um, on Thursday, hopefully uh, before the Southern Indiana game, um, I, I, I'm not – we have a lot we want to cover today, and I yeah, don't want to disparage Southern day. Illinois uh, – sorry, Indiana. See, I already did it. That was not even intentional. Uh, I, I'm not fearing them the way I was fearing James Madison. We did feel a little okay that we called it out. I, it's not acceptable that yeah. they lost to the team, but we were like, Hey, be careful. Um, yeah. It's going to be a tur- They're going to make the tournament. Like that's a legitimate tournament team. That's- I hope so, dude. I hope so. They I mean, play that well. I think that's the thing is I, like they didn't even play particularly well. So yeah, I think that's a tournament team, but yeah, point point stands. Duke's going to be a much more difficult test. Um, okay. But I will, this, the uh, Southern Indiana screaming Eagles are coming to town. Yeah. Uh, Mascot, good mascot. Little uh, could use some work, but that's about all I'm going to let you know about this team. So, uh, unless unless you want to jump in and talk about, sure uh, don't. Okay, and then Duke the Duke preview. Sure, I mean that is we should probably do it quickly. Um, we talked touched on them last or during the basketball preview altogether. Um, Jeremy Roach, Kyle Filipowski are going to be the the leaders of that team. Um, actually, a team that has. Uh, more upperclassmen than maybe you'd expect. I think we started, or maybe college basketball, we just started to equate Duke with, you know, amazing freshmen only, kind of like Kentucky. They still have great freshmen, um, amazing freshmen. But, you know, this team is a little more experienced, and I think that's why they are poised to make a big run this year. Yeah, I think uh, Filipowski is uh, probably, he's a surprise uh, coming back, it's, a, it's a kind of a huge coup for Duke that he did. Um, yeah. I think 
it's a massive it's a massive test all the way around for everybody mentally as much as physically but i think for the bigs especially this is going to be in my estimation where we see a lot about okay who who should this starting five actually be for this team like mm-hmm. like is Maddie going to be able to hang defensively with a, one of the better bigs in the country or is it really time to let Cooper off the leash uh, and and give him the big minutes. So, so to me, that's that's probably one of the biggest takeaways I'll be looking for. Um, outside of that, you know, how do you respond from this embarrassing loss? I mean, hopefully they can get up for a for a big game and and clutch up, and we see that mental fortitude we've been hoping for. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get a lot bigger than Champions Classic against Duke. We've had some great games in that in this city of Chicago uh, against that team and others. So yeah, big, big moment. Uh, maybe, maybe actually more important now, but yeah, those are the two big things I'll be looking for. You can get that ugly taste out of people's mouth. If you beat Duke I'm telling you it's, it is an elixir. It will, it will not make people forget, but it'll taste people will be a little more forgiving. So uh, I would look into it if I were the Spartans. Uh, <laughs> all right. Any other hoops you want to chat? Uh, or should we talk about our surprising other young son? Yeah. I mean, listen, let's look let's, at that kid go. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, guys. What's what's up? That's uh, that's cool. We're still you, so mad at you. I for you. Here's here's the analogy. Basketball is the kid that did okay in school, pulled it together his senior year, got into a good college, and then flunked his first test. Yeah. And you're like, what are we? What am I? Am I spending money on you getting a getting a drinking ticket during Welcome Week? Like, what are you? Tough start. Uh, Yeah. And then the other one is the kid who's you know looked like the star athlete, six foot tall freshman year. Or yep. you know, five ten in eighth grade hasn't grown since, and uh, you know used to dominate eighth grade basketball. Now he rides the pine, and but uh, yeah, he found a bone in the backyard, got a C plus on a test, and uh, man, looking pretty good. Michigan State we beat Nebraska this week. I kind of can't. I don't. I really, John. I think before diving into too many of the specifics, bigger picture it's amazing how bad every team in this conference is with the exception of literally three, three, there, there are three, I guess we could, I don't know if they're all good. I think Ohio state's good. Three non bad teams, three non bad teams, everyone else. Like we'll give you all a second at home. Who do you, who do you think is the fourth, like is the fourth (laughs) best football program in the big 10 right now? Everyone take a take a minute of reflection. Just to, just take a beat. And I because and no matter what team you said, me and Austin would tell you you're wrong. There's no right answer. There's absolutely no right answer. Because statistics would tell you, record would tell you it's Iowa. If you've watched a single game of football in your life, you would know that that is not a good <laughs> football team. That team has scored 80, 81 points this mm. year. In mm. nine games. You know who else has scored 81 points in nine games? In the Oh, excuse me. That's in the conference. So in six games. Uh, you know the only team that scored fewer or fewer points than Iowa in 
this entire season that's also a Big Ten team? Michigan State. That's the only one. We're the only team that's worse. And that and we are bad. But look up and down the state. Minnesota, five and four. Wisconsin, five and four. Nebraska, five and four. Illinois, four and five. Northwestern, four and five. Purdue, two and seven. The, hmm. the fourth best team in the Big Ten right now, you could make a very real argument, is Rutgers. Rutgers. That is yes. not a joke. That's real. That is That's real. Good for them. So I, I say all that to say, for as big a dumpster fire as this year has been, and it is it has been that, very much so, the path to being a reasonable team within the Big Ten even with Oregon and USC and Washington and uh, UCLA all coming into the conference, being in the top six or at least the top half of that conference is not that big of a stretch if you just have living, breathing adults coaching this football team. So (laughs) We're going to play a game, or we'll probably forget, but I think we're going to try and play a game when we go through the uh, Big Ten results. I'm going to ask you if you feel better about Michigan State's program than the team I'm talking about. Right. As a program situation. So we'll try and remember to do that. I love Nebraska, I was foolish enough to believe, was becoming, I don't want to say not bad, but that was like, okay, Matt Rule's pulling the Greg Schiano. He's just winning the games that, He's just not losing the stupid ones anymore. And then he goes and he loses to Michigan State. Yeah. Like, and I get it. But it, like you were saying, you should feel, if you're Michigan State, feel really good about the fact that with the product you saw win that game just beat a team that was feeling really good about their season so far. They're going to go to a bowl game. Like, yeah. They, they they can still win the West. Like they're they're game back. I'm just saying, like, I, I think we watched that game and we were like, that was awful. Like that was that was terrible. We're proud of our guys, super proud of Michigan State. I'm like for for pulling that off and, and, and not you know quitting on the season and kudos to everyone there. It's, I'm really pleased about that. But like, man. If you're a Nebraska fan, you, you're like, man, maybe we're f- further away than we thought. Yeah, it's bleak, I have to say. If you are a Nebraska fan, that's a that's a really tough one. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much good it is for us to dive into every little player here. Um, but shout their out to quarterback, their quarterback, I think, was the reason yeah. we won the game. I mean, yes, uh, I would say Heinrich Harburg is not great. Uh, but again, Michigan State, like you said, they they fought. Sam Levitt and Caden Hauser both throwing touchdown passes. But once again, though, the, the the I cannot wait for all these coaches to be gone. I don't know <laughs> what happened to Jay Johnson. Some like I, I again, like the monkey paw that curled after he got Kenneth Walker uh, to to be what should have been a Heisman finalist is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he did, who he sacrificed, what he's done. But like he lost his mind after that. He's he tried to put this game away on a halfback pass. I know. Sam Levitt, they brought him in in the first and fourth quarters in like what are you doing? Brunch time. You brought in a true freshman. I, 
I just don't, I don't get it. Like he, 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 and it's not like this is all that new. Like he's always been kind of in like, you know, effort mode, but he's truly, I think he's like drinking on the, the, I don't want to say he's drinking. He's not actually, but like, it feels like he's just like, you know, he's uh, ask maddening on everything. He's, he's quiet quitting, like <laughs> sitting at his home, sitting at his home office with like the beer underneath, you know, the laptop stand. <laughs> Right just at two at two in the in afternoon, just like on the, openly. In yeah, the just like on with the client, like in a in a <laughs> in a koozie. Then he's like, "No, it's Diet Coke." And it's like you can see the Coors Light <laughs> popping out of the top. And I just yeah, I don't know, man. He's lost his damn mind, and I I I'm so excited to get some adults in the room again, man. I just and we're getting it to the time where we can actually start. I know. I expecting know. like like asking some questions about like, okay who are we really gonna hire you <laughs> when and you know we'll get to that but you asked you said something about that i think during the game where you were like you know what are, are like are these people serious are they being serious people and i i just remember saying like convincing myself like i would think that you would do everything in your power to get like not end up in Muncie, Indiana next year as like the quarterbacks coach. Like I would be trying harder than the quiet quitting you're describing. Yeah. But like I don't know if Jay's just Jay's just gonna hang him up and just like call it a career because he's getting <laughs> he has made like way more money than he probably ever dreamt of making being he an office. He was a big investor in GameStop and he's like, I'm done. No, he also was like getting just hilariously overpaid for his actual job the last few years. I I think he signed that contract from the big like you know uh, mm-hmm. assistant pool, and he's just like, yeah, I'm good, man. They're not they can't get rid of me. Oh, uh, shout out Coach Cap, offensive line coach, um, getting paid over a million bucks, and we churned out 31 carries for 63 yards this time through. So sick juice, <laughs> juice squad. Juice squad, living it up, baby. Spencer Brown, come on down. I just yeah. let's I, play some freshmen, right? Let's take a page out of the hoops book we've been talking about. Yeah, just do 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 something different again. Like ex- doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. But enough about this game. I, it was fun. It was fun. It. Good for your C plus. Good, C, you know, we liked yeah. it. You didn't fail. Um. All right, so let's take a quick around look around the nation last week. Dabo takes down Notre Dame 31-23. Dabo needed that one big time. And I just wanted to quickly note, Sam Hartman uh, lost this game as the quarterback for Notre Dame. I believe he's the first quarterback to ever go 0-5 against one program. <laughs> Boy. He will not miss Clemson, although maybe he finds a way to play again. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I I can't believe that we all fell for Notre Dame and they <laughs> choked again so, in a big moment. Can't we believe like, it. We like the tease. Everyone does. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's keep keep it moving. Oh my gosh, big one! Mississippi takes down Texas A and M, thirty-eight to thirty-five. Austin, the lane train's coming, whether you like it or not. And don't look now, but Mississippi, it's a top 10 team. That playoff path is there. <laughs> oh I just, I, I'm making a factual statement. It's true. No, no opinion in there. Just a factual statement that technically 
they could do it. I mean, Lane, Kiffin, come on down. You are the next head coach at Michigan State University. We would have you. We sure would. I would also Bad say long. he he might be the next head coach at the university that he just defeated uh, this past yeah. week. Yeah, good call on that one. I think there's another one that I had my eye on. I'll just go with it now because I don't see him on our preview at all. Um, Florida. For sure. I love that call. Yeah, I Absolutely. think they're they're getting a little antsy with the Billy Napier experiment. Yeah, I would I would love it if they went back to just like the hey let's let's talk some shit and, and beat some people like the old Bonnet ball. guns for your yeah and and Urban used to do. I mean, yep. Yep. I feel that that's Florida football. Let's let's I think we can all agree that we should get back to that. They're kind of. This is gonna. I don't know. People might hate me for this. They're kind of like a second team if when they're fun and cool and badass. Oh. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll put it this way: they were always my uh, every single year in NCAA football. I always had a Florida dynasty. I like that. Every single it's the year. Gator. It's the Gator for me. Just sick uniforms. Played mm-hmm. played in you know at the time like Premier the Conference. Swamp. Played the in swamp. a swamp. Yeah, just like awesome all the way around. Yeah, I like that one for Lane, if we can't make it happen. Um, all right, Bedlam. Did you catch this one? I did. It was awesome. You know what? Yeah. I feel as like I feel as though we have like sort of a you know how you see those signs in cities where it's like our sister city of Oslo, mm-hmm. Norway, and all of that yep. weird stuff. Uh I feel the same about Stillwater. And I feel mm-hmm. the same kin- kinship to Oklahoma State that we experience. Uh, and I, it's so awesome for them that they got to win the last official bedlam. Yeah. 27, 24 final. Um, we mentioned it may be the last one as Oklahoma is taking their talents to the sec. Um, I think Oklahoma state would like to keep it going. I think it just becomes one too many difficult games when you are in different conferences, but They've played uh, 108 times. How many times do you think Oklahoma won the, uh, that? I know, it's, I know it's lopsided. It's like super lopsided. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it is. It's 91 to 20 to 7. <laughs> Wait, 7 ties? No, no, no. 20 wins, 7 ties. Yes, yeah, seven ties is a lot of ties. It's true, but I mean, like, I feel like the 40s, we just decided every other game was a tie. Well, they didn't have lights, so that it turned into nighttime, and then they're like, well, can't play anymore. <laughs> Shut her down. Yep. Uh, good for the pokes. We like that. Uh, all right, Texas takes down Kansas State 33-30. to Texas keeps winning without Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Um, and, and until further notice... There's a path to the playoff for uh, the Longhorns as well. The Longhorns have one of the, what, three best wins of the entire season right now? I think it's the best. Yeah, I don't know what's better, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud. I think it's got to be the best. Well, yeah, it's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, it's actually definitely the best win of the season. So until further notice, I mean, Ohio State taking down um, Notre Dame keeps getting worse, and the Penn State home win was nice. But, yeah. Texas is number one, got to be the number one win. Well, yeah, and Texas has, again, their only losses to Oklahoma, which as losses go, aside from Bama's loss to Texas, is looking pretty damn good, too. Exactly. So, Texas they, is in a, in a good spot. In a good spot. 
Uh, Georgia took care of things, took a little while, but beating Mizzou 30 to 21, they showed their vulnerabilities and your boy Eli Drinkwitz continues to be a nice dark horse candidate for the Michigan State job. Yeah, I he's a good coach, man, and the guy can really recruit. He had his guys ready to go in that game. And, uh, yeah, it, it, Georgia's just going to have to do the talent thing. Yeah. Like, just kind of out-talent you. Because I don't know that they have, like – They need uh, Bowers back. Without Bowers, they don't have – even though Delp is a really good young tight end, uh, they just don't have, like, super explosive guys. Like, even their running backs are – you know, Kendall Milton, they're, they're, they're obviously extremely good, but – they're not. They don't have that crazy pop like they have had in years past, and uh, so I think they're just going to have to kind of wear you down, which they're going to be able to do to just about anybody. I was going to say that you know there are only a handful of teams that can go you know depth body for body with them, so um, they're going to need to lean on that until their bench until further notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC, uh, the spiral continues. They lose to Washington, fifty-two to forty-two. Alex Grinch is fired and while everybody has been waiting on pins and needles for the updates out of ann arbor we have been waiting for the updates from alex grinch we want to know what lincoln riley has had on him all these years release release the p tape (laughs) we're ready Um, i need to see it um um, so now austin i'm gonna ask you the same question as i asked you last week is caleb williams shut it down oh man i i still don't think so i wouldn't blame him if he did but i don't know that he has anything to gain either way like he won't play in the bowl game nor should he but i don't know i feel like you don't want to not that it's going to do anything like ultimately like to his character or you know what people say about him but it's like why create a a a story. I'm sure he's got, you know, I'm injuries. Sure very <laughs> right. But I'm sure he's very insured. I don't know. Listen, I would respect him if he did it. It's not like, I don't know. I saw him, he was crying in the stands afterwards. So, like, you tell me that's a kid that doesn't care and doesn't want to finish the job. I think you're crazy. I, I think everyone needs to be super cool with it if he does, because yeah, that too. They're exhibitions at this point. They are. USC yeah. can't win the league. They, Bowl games don't matter anymore. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. What? What do you want this kid to do? So, uh, it's kind of last one. No, it's kind of a no-win situation. Sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, it is. Uh, classic in Tuscaloosa, uh, forty-two to twenty-eight win for Bama over LSU. Jalen Milrow had three hundred and seventy-four yards of offense. Jaden Daniels had three hundred and eighty-three yards of offense, but the Crimson Tide came out on top. It was a doozy. And don't look now, but Bama's right there. They are – they're inevitable. It's, they're it's, lurking. They're just waiting. They're just waiting. And now it's almost unfair that Milrose figured it out. Mm-hmm. Like it felt inevitable because they've won national championships with much less physically gifted quarterbacks uh, way back when. But, I mean, man, you – uh. You just don't want to let them get hot, and they are hot, and they've beaten some really good teams, LSU being one of them. LSU, I think, a, a legitimately quite a good team. Um, yeah, all of, all of a sudden, there's Bama. 
sitting right yeah. there waiting, waiting for you to slip up. Sit eight and one, eight and one. Going to have the conference locked up here. Their last three games at Kentucky, home against Chattanooga, at Auburn. Not looking like a murderer's row there. They're going to be in the SEC championship game, and they're going to play Georgia, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, Georgia will be playing likely with nothing to lose. I mean, clearly this SEC championship to lose, but that is not their final goal. Uh, That's kind of where we're headed, right? So crash course there. And Bama will obviously need to win to get in. Georgia, not so much, probably. So, All right, now on to the Big Ten quickly. Ohio State 35 at Rutgers 16. Hey, man, people might look at this a little sideways, but Rutgers, as we mentioned, doesn't suck the way they used to. Um, Ohio they were, State. They were did, winning this game at halftime. I know. Ohio State did cover, for what it's worth. Um, I, I'd fa- I mean, again, people are looking at this a little sideways. Rutgers is not good. Rutgers is also way better than they've been in a very long time. And... They gave Ohio State a little bit of uh, pressure, and good for them. But they – listen, man, don't let Rutgers get a quarterback. <laughs> Seriously, because this guy, he's not it. If they got a real quarterback, you might have a, you might have a legitimate fourth-best team in the conference. Yeah, seriously. I wouldn't put it past him at this point. Um, you worried about Ohio State at all? No. Yeah, I think they're fine. I'm worried about Wisconsin who loses on the road in Bloomington 20-14. to This is the upset, not just of the week, but maybe of the Big Ten so far. Um, Indiana with a freshman quarterback, Soresby. I know Wisconsin has one too, but uh, this was a shocker. Yeah, I mean, losing to Indiana in football, is there's really no time in history where that's been a good thing. Um, (laughs) Hey, don't snap the no, no. Have a losing streak. <laughs> I am standing by that statement. Um, whomst among us. Yeah, whomst has not. Uh, damn it, that sucks. Um, yeah, the Luke Fickle era, not off to the hottest of starts. I think they're mm-hmm. sitting at five and four right now. The offense, Yucky. the offense has not been great, which I think was kind of something people were thinking would be great or at least good. Um, you know kind of at the point you're at the point in the season. I mean, listen, I can I can walk, I can I can if I'm Wisconsin be like, okay, we lost at Washington State. Okay, we lost to Iowa because their defense is actually good. Okay, we lost to Ohio State. We put up a fight, but at Indiana, uh-huh. I don't know, man. That's ugly. That's not a good one. That's uh, yeah, ruse. You know what I don't want to hear from Madison, the freshman quarterback thing. Look around the conference and look at the quarterback play. You can win with bad quarterback play. Yeah, Everyone yeah. has bad quarterback play. <laughs> like, yeah, cry me a river, man. Come on. I mean, dude, <laughs> everyone's quarterback, essentially, outside of the three good teams. Has <laughs> Listen, your offensive coordinator isn't trying to have a running back seal the game for him throwing the ball. <laughs> at least you've got the guy – whose job it is to actually throw the ball, being the one that does it down the stretch. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of a guy throwing the ball, Drew Aller throws it all over Maryland as Penn State wins 51-15. to Penn State, you are back just in time. 
and October, November, Maryland, you are right on schedule. Oh, man. It's nice to have one of these things that we kind of make a running joke of just be so incredibly real. Like the, I think the bit became real. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we like incepted it into actually happening. But this I think this is one of the more blatant. <laughs> it's so funny if you go to their team page on ESPN.com to see five wins all by yes. big margins and then just four huge L's, including losses to at home against Illinois and then at Northwestern to booty programs. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Are, are you winning at Nebraska? I don't know. Are you winning at home against Michigan? I don't know. Probably not. Are you winning no. at Rutgers? I don't know. That's Scary hours for Mike Loxley. Yeah, I want to say I saw something that mentioned they are 0-33 against uh, Big Ten East teams with winning records or something like that. That rules so hard. It's pretty cool. And also, in the same sentence, Loxley ended up saying something along the lines of, like, I I think we're a lot closer than people think. And I'm like... I don't think you are, buddy. <laughs> Closer to what? <laughs> Closer to what, Mike? That's what I would like to know. Closer <laughs> to not winning any games in September? Closer to getting shut out? Is there a third tongue of Iloa you're recruiting? I don't know. Dude. What are you close Mike. to? They need us to spin zone. Like, Mike, that was a poor, poor effort. Um, yeah. All right. Leave it to to the professionals, Michael. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Good for Illinois. Going into the Gopher Gopher Dome uh, and winning 27 to 26. Uh, I guess their backup quarterback threw a 46-yard touchdown with under a minute to win. Um, I feel like Illinois fans deserved this. That You know, they can have their one fun. This was Illinois' win, just like Michigan State's win over Nebraska. Like, we, we earned it. Yeah. Illinois is now all of a sudden, you know, knocking on the door of bowl eligibility here, uh, oh. thanks to that win. Indiana, oh, no. Iowa, Northwestern, the rest of the way. I'm just like, listen, that's how bad this division is. They, they could very easily make it. Uh, yeah, I actually have a comment about that. I was going to wait till we get through all these games. Um, but uh, I basically, I'll just tell you now, six of the seven teams um, – are able to still win the league with three games to go. Five of those six could also not make a bowl. So, holy crap, that is yeah, man. that is. You want to talk about bleak? That's pretty bleak. That's stink. That's called stinking out loud. All right, and then let's finish up here with the games. Uh, I, speaking of stink out loud, Iowa ten, Northwestern seven at Wrigley Field, three hundred and thirty-nine total yards of offense. Um, man, I mean, go ahead. I've seen the Cubs score more runs than those two teams. Oh, that's I awesome. think combined this year in a, in a game. I went to a game where the Cubs hit like 15 home, like legitimately like eight home runs in the game or something. I'm going to try mm-hmm. and find the game. Um, it's I amazing. I love that set. Hey, while you pull that one up, I got some. Okay. Okay, you pull that one up because I actually am very interested in it. Um, the Haw- the Hawkeyes this season have 2,028 yards of offense. 
They have yet to eclipse 1,000 yards passing. After I give the before I give the uh, next few bits of information, Austin, do you remember the quote in the offseason where, um, oh God, was it the quarterback that got hurt? Um, but Cade McNamara, mm-hmm. who was like, keep sleeping on our offense. Like, keep sleeping on our offense. It's like, dude, do not talk shit about this. You don't know what you're about to enter here. And here are those statistics I wanted to share. Iowa has 2,028 yards of total offense this season. There are 55 FBS players who have more offense on their own. Jaden Daniels, wow. Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at LSU, has 1,448 yard, more yards of total offense than Iowa does this season. Jesus. Tyler Van Dyke, the quarterback of Miami, who by every stretch is not having a good year, is <laughs> has more total yards of offense than Iowa on his on his own. Like, I can't trying to cons- we're watching greatness right now. This is as bad as it gets. And they're winning. And it's, it's, if the Michigan stuff wasn't happening, it would be the coolest story ever. That is, yeah, I love everything about it. It's the most Big Ten thing possible. Um, I just, yeah, it's just beautiful. I found the game, by the way. Oh, it was nice. from Tuesday, August 1st of this year. The Cubs played the Cincinnati Reds and won twenty to nine. That's awesome. I was I was at that game, and then the next night they won sixteen to six. So in those two days, they scored thirty six points. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that that's more than uh, Iowa has scored in at least the last two or three games put together. So you and I choose to watch bad football this season and Michigan State's team is difficult to watch I think it's somehow more hellish to watch your team be worse than what we watch and continue to win because you're forced to like every week find optimism and hope like it's cool that you're winning but you're also walking towards death like you so wait, in the you know? in the last three games, Iowa has scored thirty five points, and the Cubs scored more runs than that in two days in this summer. That I is can't get happens. enough of this. I can't. <laughs> and the fact that they fired Brian Ferentz, and he's sitting somewhere and is like, "Yeah, you could only put up ten without me." It's like. Oh my God. This couldn't be better. Yeah. I'd love to be at that Thanksgiving table. It's so good. Man, the Big okay. Ten championship game is going to be oh my God. something. Um, but who knows who will participate, Austin? Because while Michigan did defeat Purdue 41 to 13, Michigan did not cover. And mm. Purdue put up more points against Michigan than anyone else has done this season. And. <laughs> Purdue's the worst team in the Big Ten. I don't buy the latest uh, talking point from not just the University of Michigan, but their law firm, who has designated the fact that the sign-stealing 
has not helped the team at all this year. And I find that very funny because the sign stealing hasn't just been, or whatever has been happening, hasn't just been happening this year. It's been happening since 2021. So the law firm already selectively messed up, and that specific law firm is a very well-known law firm. It is full of people from the Ivy League, and I find that especially hilarious because they look down <laughs> on the Michigan people, and the Michigan people brought them in to represent them. It's kind of just beautiful in the sense that, you know, the arrogance that Michigan displays is often just um, insecure projection, and it's all just coming to roost as we rally toward a Big Ten decision this week on the punishment for the crimes. I don't know. Allegations. What do you want to call them? That Michigan has, uh, has taken on here yeah. in the past few years. I don't know. There's so yeah. much that's happened. You, you tell me what you yeah. think. So quick, quickly on this game, I, you know, it's hard to take too much away from it. I mean, Purdue stinks. They did put up 13 points. If I'm Michigan, I'm actually a little concerned about how poorly I ran the ball. Uh, they only ran for 110 yards quorum ran for less than three yards a carry, even though he did have three touchdowns. Uh, none of them were longer than nine yards. So um, that would worry me a little bit going into Penn State, um, as would just the jump in talent from anything they've seen this season. Like, it's it's their biggest test. I mean, this is what they've been looking for, looking towards all year, right? Like, they all, everybody looked at it all season and said they have two games that they really have to prepare for. And at Penn State this weekend is one of them. Um, the timing of all of this punishment coming down and all of this whole scandal thing is, uh, is bad for them. There's no way around it. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, I, maybe Jim Harbaugh doesn't read anything or let it off, but like, these kids are still on social media. They know what's going on. I mean, Blake Corum, maybe he was feeling nervous last weekend because he knew we'd all find out about the fact he was, you know, had an LLC with uh, Connor Stallions or whatever it is. So um, this, it, this story gets so weird. The tentacles of the story are kind of it's it's beyond like, again, the ESPN 30 for the 30 for 30 is going to be awesome because it's yes. so insane and i i don't know like when i think about whatever the punishment's going to be i you know it's funny because you hear both sides right you hear the the michigan fans being like what about due process what about this what about that and then in reality like there doesn't need to be due process this isn't a federal yeah. case it's like it's a if it, there is this is well also even if it was it's a civil suit this isn't a federal crime. And in civil suits, you need a preponderance of evidence. And you're telling me that there's no preponderance of evidence here that Michigan committed like foul play and that- No, they agreed to it. Be they said it. Yeah, well, they've also admitted it time and time again in their allegations against other schools. They're saying, but everybody else does it. It's like, well, that doesn't fly. That doesn't excuse anything that you've done and all they've done is point out that other people have done way less offensive things than they have. So, I, yeah, I'm not sure that, like, the whataboutism that they're trying to play here is going to get them where they want to go. Um, but then, to, so, like, big picture, something's going to come down. And these games are going to get wiped off by the NCAA. The only thing the NCAA is good for is is 
organizing events and <laughs> which they outsource, like, va- which they're not even good at, and then vacating wins. Like that's all they do. That's all they've ever done is vacate wins. So watch whatever you know, whatever Michigan accomplished this year is is in all likelihood coming down. But it, I don't know that they're going to get to accomplish these things because they have two two huge games in the next three weeks that literally determine the fate of their entire season. And if they lose either of them, yep. they're not even going to get to the Big Ten championship game. And if they don't do that, they're not going to be the best one loss team in the country. There are several with strength schedules much higher than theirs and no scandal looming over their head. So they are and literally in a place where they they have to – no, they, they, they have to win. They have yeah. to win these games. And I don't – and I'm not sure Penn State is like a great team. I think their offense is like very boring and not explosive. Don't but talk about Drew Aller like that on this podcast. Listen, you know how I feel about my baby boy. And I was very <laughs> glad to see him play well last weekend. But I'm just saying like statistically, offense not super explosive. But they've got guys. They've got dudes. And they are going to like be at a level that Michigan just simply hasn't seen this season and this stuff okay again like you can say it's us against the world where we've got our guys together and all that stuff these kids are still 18 to 22 years old and they're on social media they know what's being said and a lot of them probably knew what was going on whether they'll ever admit it or not so this is like and they might not have their head coach this weekend that's the popular rumor that's swirling is that there's a suspension looming for harbaugh I think any Michigan fan who's telling themselves like that's all that's going to happen is probably probably drinking a little too much Kool-Aid. And here's the only additional rationale I'll give it. If you think that the Big Ten is going to punish this university less harshly than they punished Jim Harbaugh for the cheeseburger gate recruiting thing that happened this past offseason, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. The, the Tony Petiti anything. They, they refused because to they did it themselves. Yeah, exactly. They refused it because it wasn't enough. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's <clears throat> the, the commissioner ahead. has to set a precedent. That's all. He has to set a precedent, and if he sets the precedent of we're suspending your head coach for two games and that's it, then I hope Michigan State literally goes and hires Connor Stallions tomorrow and starts doing this exact same thing. Like, why not? He's obviously very good at it. And if it, if, this, if the the punishment is to lose your head coach for two games, then I, the floodgates open in a way that- I'm so like, ready to lose Harlan yeah. Barnett for games and have the sides. We'd make a bowl game this year, I think. <laughs> we might be, we might. Hey, what if we went out, huh? Uh, <laughs> man, so- it's so interesting to me. I, I will say that this is maybe I, I would beg uh, if you are feeling any type of like anger or outrage or annoyance or whatever negative feeling about this whole thing. Don't. It is funny. Like it is it, it's objectively ridiculous. And you'll find yourself able to realize the ridiculousness if you find somebody that is not a college football fan and you ask them if you could tell them about the funniest thing happening in the thing that you like. And the words that'll come out of your mouth are hysterical. It's an absurd situation. And the fact that it's happening to our rivals is 
so funny because of the arrogance and unnecessary <laughs> pompousness that comes out of them for not being cheaters and for them to turn it 180 and pretend that it's like cool to be the villain now is just it's it's awkward at best so i'm enjoying the dance they're they're struggling through it is truly awkward and I, I couldn't get enough because it is so, so funny. I'm trying to keep a thread of my favorite um, statements so far from very real and unironic people on Twitter. If you find any, that I, I'd be happy to add to that list. So thank you in advance. Yeah, there are some some Michigan all-stars in there, uh, including the one and only John U. Bacon, who is oh, currently boy. giving leadership lessons and ignoring the fact Oh man, just 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 some all-time hypocrisy here, and it's very funny. And I guess I just really hope that it all pans out the way that we hope, and not the way that um, spinsters would tell you. Yeah, it will. But we'll know, man. We'll know soon. It it's it's no matter the result, it's very funny, and no matter the result of this week, it is not over because while the NCAA moves as quickly as a glacier, it, it does happen, and. The asterisks will be there. Okay. Let's preview this week. What do you say? Let's do it. Bama heads to Kentucky. Only a 10.5 point favorite over the Stoops gang. Stoops troops. But uh, like we said, Bama up to number eight. And um, all they got to do is keep winning. I'll say it again. It's Bama until it isn't. It's... It's Bama until it isn't Bama anymore. And right now, it's still Bama. Did you see Saban bought a $700 million like uh, car dealership or something? Yeah, that's pocket change. My man has probably got... He probably owns half of Tuscaloosa. That's so cool. Like, it is cool. <laughs> oh, man. All right, keep it moving. Miami. Uh, heads to Florida State. Rivalry game. We love it. Uh, a lot of... Um, they get up for this one down there. So I would say Miami is is bad, but dumb enough to win this one. You know? Just this one means a yeah. lot to programs. Florida State's been flirting. They've been flirting. Not really, but... They're not at full like strength. They were down... Yeah, they've been down their receivers. Miami's going to be the best, most talented team, certainly, they've played since Clemson early in the year. So, yeah, the same um, Boston yeah, in Miami. Well, okay, you're right. My my fault. I, how dare I? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 yeah, like you said, Miami, it's a rivalry game for them. They're not a good team, but brings out a different side to people sometimes. You're right. Florida State, by the way, I, I, maybe we're not. We're just the ones that aren't talking about it. It's awesome. I mean, they're not, I don't know. Yeah, dude. FSU Twitter's in the playoff. Yeah. You know what? Let's take a second. Let's take a second. Shout out Keon. I'm very happy for him that he is, he has, he has, if he's good, if he was going to leave, I'm glad he's at least really good on a really good team because this is why he left. So at least it worked out for him. And now you're seeing him in like, Instead of being like a fringe first round guy, like he mm-hmm. would have been at Michigan State, especially imagine him in this offense. Ugh. Uh, it, he's 
being talked about in the top 10. Yeah, and he should he's be. going to test off off the charts and he deserves to be there. So um, I'm I'm happy for him. All the there was never really any bitterness, but any any residual effects are long gone. I claim him the way I claim Montez Sweat. Mm, yes, he of the big bag in Chicago. I'm just saying, like, you were a Spartan. You probably wanted to be here. Just didn't didn't work out for a lot of reasons. So yeah, Nick Foles. Another claim. We would love to have it. Um, okay, this is a good one. Utah, the Utes get back on track last week, and um, they're headed to Washington. The Huskies are a nine-point favorite. Washington wins this game, and they probably are going to crack into the top four of the CFP because of strength of schedule. They should. I mean, I, I find it, again, you know, Maybe we're splitting hairs here, but I think you could make a probably a better case for them than Michigan being in the top four right now. I think it's kind of silly that they're not. They have again, maybe the only competitor with the Bama win is the Washington's win over Oregon. Um, it's a home win. But it's, yeah, it's it's still one of the best of the entire season. It's a phenomenal win. Um, again, they still have a tough schedule. Utah, Oregon State. I think if they can win these next two and then like Washington might be the team that they could even get in with a loss. So, but the only, if they win this game and, um, and obviously whatever the Pac-12 championship looks like, should they get in, if they could, I mean, shoot, if they played Oregon again and beat Oregon twice, even if they lost one of these next three, I think they're probably getting in or they should. Yeah, I agree. Um, They're right there, but they've been stumbling a little bit, so they got to pick it up here. Uh, mm-hmm. games to go. Now they did just beat USC. That was a big time game, but they're going to play a real defense this time around. All right. The game I've got my eye on the lane train game, Mississippi heads into Georgia top 10 matchup. We lose lane train as a candidate altogether. If he gets the win here, unfortunately, but I'll be rooting for it. Nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a huge. It's by far the biggest test of Ole Miss's season because if you look up and down their their schedule this year, you know it's the SEC. Obviously, That's Texas A&M, a very talent, very talented team, but they just they their only real loss is to Bama. They did beat LSU. I mean, listen, they they deserve to be in the conversation. If if they win this game, all that's keeping them. Well, actually, no, because Bama's in the same division. I was going to say, if they were to win out, for example, they beat Georgia, UL Monroe, and Mississippi State. They would have a very strong claim, even with the one loss, to being the four seed in in the playoff. Even though they wouldn't make the SEC championship game because Bama would make it over them, they would, assuming they were to win out, I think Ole Miss would be would be right there. But it only happens if they win this game. And Georgia, for maybe again, as they, their defense certainly has not been as dominant as it has you know in previous years. They've given up twenty points at least 20 points in five of the last six games against some like not that impressive offenses. Um, So yeah, I think the the margins for Georgia are a lot slimmer than they once were. And quite honestly, man, they they got home against Ole Miss and then they got to go on the road to Tennessee and then they got to go on the road to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is over 500, but not especially good as a team. But man, home against Ole Miss at Tennessee Mm-hmm. Not not the easiest uh, end of the season for Georgia here. So we'll learn like 
playoff can get shaken up big time. Yeah, Georgia, they, all they do is win, and yet everyone still doesn't trust them. You know, they are back-to-back national championship winners. Like we have sure to give are. them the benefit of the doubt a little bit at some point, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. But it, it's just, I think maybe it's a, it's one of, the, it's a symptom of the fact that there's no like dominant team this year. And I think over the past handful of years, I mean, gosh, probably the last five, six, seven, at least, you've had like one or two teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else. I don't really think that you can say that this year. I think of you can. Anyone. I, I, I disagree. I think Michigan has a claim. I think there's some extenuating circumstances that make that claim confusing, but they are dominating every team. So, sure, I'll give you that. They, I they haven't played anyone, but they they, but they will. haven't played anybody. But if they, they do, played, yeah, go ahead. But if they do dominate Penn State at Penn State, it gets it gets complicated. <laughs> Because it doesn't get complicated. I get, I think it gets very clear. I think they're by far the maybe not by far, but they are. If they were to go in and dominate in Happy Valley, yeah, I think they're the rock solid number two. I still don't think you can put them in front of Ohio State because Ohio State has wins over good teams, and Michigan would have a win over a good team. But yeah, I think they're they're rock solid right there. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think. There's a much larger candidate pool for who could win the national championship this year. I think previously you really only looked at like, like last year you were thinking oh, it could be Michigan, could be Georgia, and I guess people people really didn't think Ohio State until they put up that great game against Georgia. This year, I'm looking at like six or seven teams that I could talk myself into: two from the Pac-12, Oregon and Washington, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Bama. You know, I think I'm even probably missing some that are in there. I'm with you. Texas. Yeah, for sure. I guess what I was Washington. saying is like the, the complication for me with Michigan was that there's the extenuating circumstances off the field that helped them potentially get to the point of dominance. Even if you do beat Correct. Penn State dominantly, you have a little more. <laughs> it, I don't know what to say. It gets it gets very confusing because you cheated. So cheated. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. No one made you do it. You did it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> all right. Let's let's keep moving. The last class contender, as you mentioned, Oregon, um, 15 point favorite against USC. Again, if Caleb Williams plays, this is a very winnable game for USC. If it's not, this is another, you know, feather in the cap for Oregon as they trek forward with a very honorable loss at Washington. And um, there's a path for them as well. A hundred percent. I have no reason to think until until he doesn't suit up. I no reason to think Caleb Williams isn't going to play. I don't think or USC is not going to struggle to score points. I just don't know how even with getting rid of Alex Grinch, they're going to. <laughs> you might be shocked and one down. You don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, like all we've it's ever seen. Possible. Yeah, all we've ever seen is his defenses be horrible. What if he's the problem? I mean, he has the athletes. Like they well, exist. I mean. He hasn't not been the problem. It's not just USC. It's been his entire That's what I mean. his entire career. Yeah. That, I mean, what if, listen, and now you he, eliminate him. What if they're great? Who knows? Very true. I would say uh, tough first test 
for whoever's taking his job. Going on the road at night to Otson is uh, not an enviable task against this Oregon team that, like you said, they are trying to win a national championship. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could do it, but they got to win out in order to get there. I They could choke. Oregon does tend to choke, but um, they're the, clearly the better team. I'm going to cling to your bone, Nick Stinks take until... Oh, man, I don't know. Until... I'm not just... No, man. That's that's man. Listen, oh, I I think I'm willing to say Auburn, Bo Nix. I was right about very clearly. Black and white, Oregon Bo Nix. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I I I'm, when I'm, when you're wrong, you're wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. You're never wrong. His three years at Oregon uh, Auburn, he combined to throw for thirty nine touchdowns he threw for 29 last year he's already thrown for 25 this year i mean he's just he's thrown for more yards in in this season so far of which the i believe they've played seven games no nine games uh than he did in any season at auburn and he's completing <laughs> he's completing 78 percent of his passes he's he has found god in eugene is all we've yes indeed all right, um, let's keep it rolling because there's some terrible games to preview in the Big Ten quickly. Maryland at Nebraska. I, <laughs> the only questions for me here are, if Maryland loses out and they have at Nebraska, Michigan at Rutgers, very possible they could lose out. What do you do with Mike Loxley? Do you fire him? You have to. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, I... Uh... I don't know if you have to, but if not, then the leash gets awful short next year. But this could also be one of those things where it's the self-realization moment. Like Iowa. Maybe we're just maybe we're just Maryland and this is what we're gonna do forever. But I mean, this is even for Maryland football, just a monstrously disappointing year. You know, you got uh to a junior to come back uh, when he definitely could have gone to the NFL and gotten drafted in last year's quarterback class and you know. Uh, has not lived up to what you were hoping it would be. And you haven't really taken steps at all under Loxley. Like, you can't really say that they were demonstrably better off because he's been there. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you want to keep spinning the tires or or not, but there's probably something something shaking there in the next couple of years. Yeah, you're right. They may cling to the new divisions. Let's just escape, you know. Yeah. But bad news. There are four other good teams coming. So. Mm-hmm. Indiana at Illinois. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Illinois is going to get. I'll, I'll, I'll stand on it. I think Illinois is going to make a bowl. You like Bert? I do. I just respect any man who is just blatant. Like anyone, I, I respect to a degree anyone who chooses to wear like the blatantly ugly color in the school's <laughs> color scheme. When you're like, very bees yeah when you're huge and one of your colors is dark navy it's like best case scenario for a big guy and instead he wears orange like bright horrible orange i kind of have to respect it same for like when michigan people wear like that horrible yellow i'm like man Mm -hmm. that looks terrible and you clearly just don't know how bad it looks when you've got you've got navy right there waiting for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Take it. It looks good on everyone in the world. Take it. Instead, you're like, no, I'm going for the highlighter. 
I respect it. Good for good for him. Yeah, I think Illinois is so unthreatening. Like, sure, do whatever you need to do. That's cool. Win the game. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Minnesota at Purdue. <laughs> There's so many bad games. Um, I mentioned this already. Minnesota can win the West, and they can also not make a bowl game. So awesome. That that's the they, only notable thing about this game. I just have a hard I just have a hard time with this game and these two teams being you know what I'm more excited to have like UCLA USC or even like these I I, I consider Maryland Rutgers a more fun Big Ten game than Minnesota Purdue I agree I just can't this do is it tough. do you prefer Northwestern at Wisconsin Honestly, I think that has a case for the most Big Ten game. A sleepy night or, you know, two mid to bad teams that nobody really cares that much about, even when they're good. Yeah, this is this is hitting right for a Big Ten November game. How long ago was the Northwestern scandal? Years ago? Because it certainly wasn't in September. And got it out of the way early. It's bad. I don't know what to say because it's unbelievable that no one's talking about it now because that's how insane scandals just within the Big Ten have been this year. Rutgers and, at Iowa. <clears throat> Iowa, a one-and-a-half point favorite. The battle for fourth-best team in the Big Ten. The over-under is 28-and-a-half. That would be a record, Austin. John? <laughs> yeah. Meet me in Valhalla. <laughs> Ride the lightning. Bet the under. I have to do it. I am addicted to it. It has to happen. And quite honestly, like, I think there's a very good chance that it hits. Rutgers is not a good offense. Iowa barely is an offense. And That's awesome. yeah, I think this could be a single-digit finish, man. We could be looking at a 6-3 type of game. Dude. Jerry DiNardo on the Big Ten Network for no reason said that the Iowa-Northwestern game was going to put up 63-plus points. Uh, Yeah, Jerry, hang him up, bro. (laughs) You don't have to just say things. Like, you don't. Uh, Last game, Michigan at Penn State. Everyone in the country's got to see what happens next. Uh, What do you think happens here? Michigan's, I think, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It's going to be fascinating. Um, but here's so so I'll, I'll I'll say what's at stake for both teams. I mean, Michigan what's at stake for them from a from a well, we'll start with Penn State. If you win this game, like Penn State still has legitimate playoff hopes. Like they could they did lose yes. to Ohio State, but if they, if they beat if they win this game, they finish with Rutgers and Michigan State. Now, there's got to be some tiebreakers to go their way for them to make the Big Ten championship. But if they win out, they're sitting there at 11-1 and one with, a, with a win over Michigan and a win over what's going to be the Big Ten West champion, Iowa. You know, listen, it's not the, the, the prettiest resume, but it's not nothing. And they would very much be in the conversation to, to make it. So right you've got there. that. You've got the chance. They're right there. And for Jim, Jim Franklin, like – they accused him of not winning big games, which has been true at times. 
This is a chance to do it. You got him at home. You got him on the mental ropes. You got a good quarterback, even if you haven't let him off the leash yet. Go and do it. Um, and in theory, you have an advantage over them that they didn't get to scout your games, alleged, you know, hopefully. Uh, or at least you've had time to change your signals since we've all found out about this. But so Penn State's still a ton on the line here. It, Michigan, on the other hand, like the pressure on them, I think is unlike anything we've ever really, there's really no comparison because yeah. not only do they have to go out and try to win to try to, you know, keep Penn State from jumping them and, and getting to the Big Ten championship. Um, because realistically, if Penn State wins this game, there's really no way, I don't think, for Michigan to get into the Big Ten championship game because even if they beat Ohio State, I think Penn State would still get in over Michigan because of head-to-head. So, like, this is kind of well, for be both a of them. It'd be a three-way tie, and the college football playoff ranking committee would probably take a flyer on not letting Michigan in for the controversy. Yeah, but I mean for the Big Ten championship. Like, who gets well, in from their division? I, well, what I'm, what I'm going with here is they'd all have one loss. And then it would come down to the college football ranking highest ranked team. Oh, then yes, I agree. And, you know, there are a couple of tiebreakers that take place before then. But considering that it's a round robin of of losses, uh, you know, I I have to double check the tiebreakers. But I think college football playoff rankings come into play at a certain point. So, yeah. But either way, I mean, Michigan now not only has to just like be on the field of, staying in the race for winning the, the division and the conference, but they have the weight of potentially like legitimately being not having the prep that they've had before. And yeah. also just, they know every single eye is on them. Like there's never, this is as much pressure and scrutiny as a program has been justifiably under for like on field reasons in an extremely long time, if ever. So, um, it is a tremendous amount of pressure. And listen, it, in, in, in just about every regard, like it's an opportunity. If you, if you Michigan want to be the villain and you want to tell everybody to go shove it, this is your chance. Go in, dominate, leave no doubt. People will still chip away at it because they, you've given them the ability to do so. I will be one of those people. But you can tell everybody to go shove it and save the story for another day. But um yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating. And there could be some things that happen between now and then that uh, mm-hmm. might change the whole tenor of this game. But it's it's definitely the game of the week. That's right. You're saying Michigan State at number one, Ohio State is not? Because if Michigan State were to pull off the 31-and-a-half-point spread upset, it would be the single biggest upset, I believe, in Michigan State history. So what do you think the odds are the Spartans – Get it done. Well, I'm looking at the matchup predictor, and I'm seeing a 4.4% chance. I like it. Or, well, actually, that's Michigan State, Penn State. I'm looking at the wrong game altogether. Hold on. That's how bad that is. Let's see how bad this other one is. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, this, yeah, that's right. 2.1%. Well, I got to say, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting that type of love. Here's a problem. No, what? Noah Kim is still leading the team in passing yardage. That's cool, though. That's actually pretty sweet mm-hmm. because you could start any of them, and who knows what happens. 
yeah, this is going to be a bloodbath. Um, I'm just not sure if it's going to be better or worse than the one that we ex- that I unfortunately experienced in person uh, in 2021, which I think was 56 to seven. Um, it, yeah, I think it's going to get really, really ugly. I don't know who covers Marvin Harrison. Again, Ohio State's number one for a reason. They've it hasn't been vintage Ohio State, but all they've done is gone on the road, beaten Notre Dame, beaten Penn State, who looks like a legit top 10 team, beat everybody else that's come in front of them. They haven't given up 20 points yet this season. Like their defense is extremely good. Like I think extremely good. Um, and it's why that they're they're probably getting into the the playoff one way or another. So um yeah, I if you want to watch this game with any, in, you know, as as you look towards what's going to happen later in the season, it, their offense is a bit concerning. Like they're number one in the country, but it's because of that defense. They have not yeah. been explosive on offense outside of Harrison. So Trevion Henderson's had a nice little bounce back season, but even so, I don't even think he's run for 600 yards. Yeah, no, 585 yards. So, you know, the defense is locked down and I think we'll keep him in just about any game against just about any team like legitimately any team. I don't think there's an offense that's going to give them like real fits. Um, but it's just a matter of whether they can get out of their own way on offense and, and score consistently. So that's probably the thing I would look for uh, if I'm watching them with an eye on, can they win a national championship? But for Michigan State, you just, I'm not even joking when I say just, I hope they don't lose by 50 points. Like show some pride, go out there, fight hard and see if you can give, you know, Ohio State a scare. But yeah, it's about as difficult a place as there is to win a game, even when you have, you know, a great team and you're playing against a not vintage Ohio State team. That's not the case this year. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, you know, maybe mow the lawn. Maybe go for a walk. <laughs> no, maybe dude. Just turn, just turn the alerts on the, on the old phone and, and see what happens. Can I tell you that the hardest I've laughed – and most fun I've had on Twitter is actually during Ohio State beatdowns. <laughs> so. I remember you had a nice thread of, of plane noises one That year, was exactly just... what I was getting to. <laughs> Things get a little funny and slappy, slap happy, you know, during that 31-point uh, third-quarter deficit. But, hey, man, I don't know. Maybe Ohio State's eyes off the ball. Maybe Michigan State's you know. this a little bit who knows you know what's not good is that the over like we're 31 point dogs and the over under is less than 48 meaning like mm-hmm. i don't know if that means they think we could actually score 14 points but like yeah it, it, they're, they're pitching a shutout basically for michigan state so i yeah <sighs> carousel season's almost here john carousel season i'm excited excited um yeah at least we have the basketball team to lean back on oh wait we're mad at them too so that's cool you know what it's kind of it was a, it was a fun app you know what maybe both sons will surprise us this weekend hey fingers crossed come on boys let's have a good showing <laughs> all right all right all everybody yeah me too all right everyone thanks as always for sticking with us for john this has been austin we'll catch you next week yep for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.